Would you care to step outside? What are you doing today? Superman. I'm sorry, honey. You are here. The lasso of Hastia compels me to reveal the truth. I'm Batman. Meow. Warning, DC and RMD contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Awesome. Oh, sorry. That's your signal. That means we have to go now. All right. Hello and welcome, everyone, to DC on RMD. I am Michael, your host, and this is the Superman and Lois edition. If you are new to this podcast, you can find this show wherever you listen to podcasts just search dc on rmd or simply superman and lois edition and it should pop up on your feeds our preferred places for you to get our show as itunes as well as spotify because you can leave ratings and reviews and when you do so it triggers algorithms that help others find our show so please find us on those feeds preferably I'm in the studio today to talk about Superman and Lois with Steve. Hello. Hello, Michael. All right. So it's just you and I today. I don't think we've done a show just you and I in a very, very long time. It's been a while. If ever. Have we ever done a show just you and I? I think we've done it one other time, if I recall correctly. Okay. It it has been a long time. It's dark in here. (laughs) It is dark. Well, okay. So we have no internet right now. So I'm warning listeners right now, this show may end up being a complete clusterfuck because without internet, how do you pull up show notes? How do you look up things if you're in the middle of talking and you're not quite sure of your memory, if your memory's serving you correctly? So there's no way to verify anything we're saying. No, there isn't. And and, and to be clear, we're a little bit late on this one because we've had a series of illnesses and, and yeah, we're catching up. It's almost like this episode is cursed because you're right. We haven't covered this because of a a series of illnesses. Then today I almost canceled because I can't turn on 80% of the studio equipment because it's all connected to Google. I have to tell Google to turn it all on and there's no internet. And here's the problem with uh, smart homes. (laughs) I know. Can you imagine if there's a fire and you had those smart locks? You're dead. (laughs) I mean, you're just dead. Hey, Google. Uh, Nope. Oh, there you go. See, it's just telling you there's no internet. <laughs> Can you imagine the, there's got to be a safety precaution in those things, right? There's got to be a way to manually. Uh, I don't think people are building in the proper user experience behind the, what if the internet's <laughs> not there? <laughs> yeah. Hopefully a fire doesn't start now. Cause I feel like we, I might've jinxed ourselves. <laughs> I'll throw the couch <laughs> to the window. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this episode. We're going to be discussing and breaking down the 11th episode of Superman and Lois's second season titled Truth and Consequences. This episode went to work immediately to connect the dots from the last episode. In a lot of ways, it felt like either a part two mm-hmm. or possibly even an epilogue of sorts. Um, you had Bizarro Jonathan Kent on a mission to merge. You had Clark learn that there is a cost in keeping his identity a secret. Jordan Kent flies as he fights Bizarro Jonathan. And Lana learns about Superman's identity, which seems to be a little bit of a polarizing topic on social media. Some people don't know how they feel about this entire agenda to poo-poo on Superman's secret identity, although 
I kind of like the direction they're taking this. It's a bit of a flipperoo with that old trope. Full disclosure, I loved it. And yeah. The, and the reason I loved it was because they made such a point for when he ran into her in the street and he was clearly focused on something else and brushed her off. It's one of his childhood best friends. They've known each other almost their whole lives, right? Yeah. And then to to feel that from Clark, someone that she clearly loves and cares about as a friend, and you could kind of assume maybe they knocked boots in, in high school. Oh, they did. Right? So he just flippantly kind of brushed her off, and she had just won. And of all the things, he he didn't even ask. You know, he didn't even ask. So to come full circle by the end of the episode and for him to be basically, this is why everything that I've ever done that was weird, every behavior I've ever done that was weird where you didn't understand it. Here's why. See, I wish I could justify my weirdness in that way. But listen, I'm weird <laughs> because I'm actually Superman. See, that would, <laughs> that would fix 90% of my problems in life. And no, it's just my neuroses. Unfortunately, that's not a superpower for most of us. Yeah, I'm not neurotic. I'm actually Superman. <laughs> yeah, I do agree. It was an interesting part of the episode for sure. And I would say probably the better elements of the episode. Mm -hmm. I love when writers are willing to dig into those tropes and those classic tropes, whatever they may be. Every genre has those go-to tropes that make up that genre. It's just a part of working within said genre. So to see these people understand Superman as a character and then taking what you know of the character and making it work to present an opposite perspective on the whole secret identity thing was definitely unexpected. And it worked, in my opinion, very well for the story. Agree. So, as I was saying, this is an interesting episode overall, and it went down an unexpected path. As I said, a fresh take to the alter ego trope commonly used in superhero stories. The idea that the mask you put on is about protecting your loved ones from your enemies has been, for the most part, a tried and true aspect of comic book themed stories. But in this episode, and possibly since the beginning of season one, we see that the writers were working towards an alternate take. Sure, the secret identity may keep your loved ones safe, but there's the risk of possibly alienating the ones you have sworn to protect because of the lie. Yeah, pun intended. Yeah. So it can create resentment and distrust, which is a problem the Kent boys had early on last season. So this isn't just an idea that the writers decided to pull out of their ass. This has obviously been something that's been at the back of their heads for quite some time, an aspect they really wanted to explore through through a Superman story. And it does make you look at things a little differently because you can understand their views. You know, imagine being, imagine, imagine if you will, that our father was Superman and we lived our entire lives thinking we know our father. And then you suddenly realize you don't know him at all. What does that do to a relationship? It tears them apart. I mean, it's secrets. I think the, the the big underscore there for last season and this season, that thread that they keep tying in there is secrets can have dire consequences if, if depending on what the secret is and who you're keeping it from. You may have the best intentions, but you can't control how someone else is going to perceive um, 
that situation once the secret comes to light. And, and, and you know what's interesting about this? I'm I'm looking up. Did you see who directed this one? David Ramsey. It was. This was the second one this season. This is a major step up because we have not been a very big fan of David Ramsey's directorial endeavors. Mm-hmm. And he managed to really pull this one out for the most part. Yeah, surprising. I didn't realize that. So overall, the writers took this idea, I suppose, of betrayal. I, I guess you can say that's the theme. And pose the question, what if your secret identity feels more like betrayal than protection? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, that's pretty much the, the governing theme of this episode. Again, if not the entire season to date, as well as the first season. I mean, look at the problems they had last season with it, the boys, and then the beginning of this season, Jordan wanting to tell Sarah about the secret because he knew it was going to rip them apart. And sure enough, in this episode, all of that came to a head as well. So everyone is against the secret identity. That's why I love that moment when, when Superman, you know, I love that he, I like that he talks with his family about everything. Yeah. And he, meets with them and asks them, hey, should I tell Lana about my secret? And they don't even hesitate because they understand what it feels like to be lied to. Yeah. And they know that at the end of the day, this will probably be a better thing and hopefully strengthen their overall relationship with each other as well as Lana. You know what this really reminds me of? And and I don't know from firsthand experience, but in seeing uh, or hearing, I guess I should say, hearing stories about people that have gone through this um, through interviews or whatever, where they grow up um, not knowing they're adopted. Oh, yeah. Right. And then they find out later in life, sometimes through complete happenstance and, and again, secrecy, that the parents that have taken care of them and loved them their entire lives and upbringing turns out to not be their biological parents that can go one of two ways, right? It can go, oh gosh, you guys were the best parents ever. I don't care. And then it can go sideways and and someone can and really be upset and have resentments towards their, their adoptive parents and their biological parents mm-hmm. because of that secret having been kept. And so it, it, you can see that analog in real life. What do you do? You, you think you're doing it for the right, loving, caring reasons. Um, yeah, and... I know I agree with you and I will be quite honest. I'm a father and I don't think I, let's say I adopted my son. I don't think I'd have, I I could, I don't think I have the heart (laughs) to tell him that he was adopted because that would just hurt him. And sure, there's that other side that you mentioned. But what about the other side? If he finds out on his own that you've lied to him his entire that's, life. That's the worst right there, in my opinion. <laughs> Listen, I, I understand, but I, I, see both, I see both views. That I don't envy being put into a decision like that. But that's a great analogy, Steve, because that actually does work with this type of thing here. Because though an objective mind can no doubt understand the reasons behind why you decide to keep things it has nothing to do with logic and reason exactly a a more subjective experience is going to sow seeds of mistrust you know because how do you reconcile the fact that you don't know the very person you thought you have known your entire life or as you had used as an example uh, 
you were adopted your entire life. Yeah. And yeah. and what what really works in that is, you know, Clark is adopted. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I mean, we saw John remind Clark throughout and there's also the possibility that Lana might end up feeling the same now that Clark felt like he needed to share his secret with her. So we know that John felt this way and he still feels that way. Jordan seems to be handling that lie a bit better because he also is dealing with the exact same thing that his father is, you know, keeping secrets. Yeah. But if John is any example or foreshadowing element, if he is a foreshadowing element, I should say, or how Lana might end up feeling, then it may not go over as well as we might think, or as well as Clark might think, because from a story standpoint, it's going to have some effect on their relationship for the time being. But in the end, it will probably make Clark and Lana's relationship stronger. But the, her reaction at the end of the episode, it wasn't like, oh my God, this is great. It, there was a bit of disbelief, absolutely. But it also looked like she was upset. Well, yeah. I mean, think about it. Uh, uh, look at what Smallville has just gone through over the course of the last, what, 18 plus months since Clark and Lois moved into the Kent family farm, it's been constant chaos. And now she can kind of step back. It wasn't Clark's fault, right? He was there. Um, and actually had he not been there, things would have been a lot worse, but that's where your mind's going to naturally go of like, wow, all this terrible shit's happened. And it's because you're Superman and you're here and you lied to me our entire life. And I let you rail me and like you were an alien, <laughs> you know, I had alien semen in me. Yeah. Like the, the amount of mistrust, for consent, <laughs> the amount of mistrust and, and just resentment that can build so quickly when you catch somebody in a, in a lie. And this isn't a little, a little tiny white lie. This is a big one. This is a pretty big one. Yeah, this is someone you've shared your life with longer than the woman you're married to. Right. This isn't like, yeah, I accidentally ate your Ben and Jerry's in the fridge. <laughs> yeah. This is someone that you essentially grew up with who probably feels like she knows everything about you. You guys share each other's secrets. Think about this. She tells Clark everything about yeah. her life, even the things that might be considered embarrassing. Oh, yeah. Her, her sex life, possibly. I mean, obviously, he knows of the cheating uh, between her and her husband he knows everything and she's going to feel like this has been a one-sided relationship. Yep. You know, everything and I know nothing. Yeah. And he can be like, I know what you're wearing underneath that blouse right now too. <laughs> oh, by the way, I have x-ray vision and I know what your titties look like. <laughs> exactly. How's that for truth? Oh, and man. And once I accidentally, I accidentally looked at Sarah, just by accident. Oh, wow. Like, oh, wait, she's not 18. You know what? I didn't say that line. It was, uh, that was also an accident. <laughs> he could just spin around the earth backwards and take that back. Oh, stupid. <laughs> Okay, so from a writing strategy point of view, there's also some benefits to this direction they're taking the story, not just entertainment value and things that make sense to real life experiences, but this is a good move from a writing perspective. This is going to allow the writers to use Lana in a more seamless way. Rather than crafting stories like a mayoral race, that might not have any direct connection to the bigger story. Now Lana can be utilized within the bigger scope of the Superman cosmology in both story and development. 
And that, to me, at the end of the day, is the greatest win of this episode. I find this development yet another example, Steve, of this writing team essentially being of the same mindset as us. Yeah. Because we just said this, what, three, four episodes ago? Like, all right, it's time to bring Lana's story into the fold because I don't know what's happening. It's going all the way over here. And just the Superman story is over here. You got to do something to bring them together. Otherwise, it makes no sense why you have a Lana story that has no real bearing on anything that's happening to Superman when the show's called Superman and Lois. And here we are again, Steve. Well, I'm doing exactly what we had asked. Yeah. And, and what's interesting now that she won the mayoral race, you almost get this Jim Gordon um, Batman thing oh. going on. Right. Because that could be good. She, exactly. She's going to be in a seat of power, so to speak, and having to deal with the, the city or the town's problems, whatever those problems may be. And whether it's criminal or civil problems, you know, uh, maybe there's an oil well or something that's that's messed up and, and she doesn't have the funding to fix it. But she can call up old Clark and be like, hey, Clark, go we rob have this- a bank. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll create an interesting dynamic there of how a civil servant is so close to somebody that people both admire and look up to, but also are a little bit hesitant about because he is an alien with superpowers. It, it'll create an interesting dynamic, I think. No, I agree. And it just makes sense. I mean, this is Lana we are talking about. This isn't some made up CW writer, you know, just cre- I should say this isn't some CW writer just making a bullshit that doesn't really coalesce with what we know of Superman. Mm-hmm. But this is Lana. She is one of those pivotal characters in Superman's life. So to bring her in like this. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, and she's not, um, she's no longer just set dressing. There's there's a, been a lot of episodes where it felt like, like that's a good way to put it. Yeah, where she was just kind of set dressing because we know we're in Smallville and we know we need Lana because Lana is Smallville, right? But now she's serving a much bigger purpose aside from just being the Smallville love interest and uh, you know mother of the these this family, and, and now we get we might get to see what happens more with the Kyle dynamic of, you know, obviously they're not getting back together anytime soon, if ever, but is that going to continue to be a thing that pulls her between dealing with the Clark news, dealing with her new job? That's a tremendous amount of stress and pressure. And then she has this other stress and pressure of being uh, now a single mom and and having to balance uh, a new soon to be ex-husband. I mean, it's her life's like sex in the city, but worse. <laughs> it really is. I, um, I'm not sure if Kyle and her even have a future at this point in the story. Yeah. Because this Superman equation, in my opinion, is probably just going to wedge them apart. Yeah. Even further, because now that she knows a big secret, it doesn't mean Clark wants to share it with everyone. And Lana's probably, once she gets over the initial betrayal, she's going to honor Clark's secret. And that means not telling people. The big, big secret, big burden to bear. It is a big burden. And maybe that's another reason why Lana 
was a little upset. Maybe she doesn't want the secret. Maybe it's going to go in that direction instead, which would also be very interesting. It would be. I mean, think about that. The pressure of being a mayor, pressure of being a single mom, pressure of going through a divorce. Now you have this huge pressure of knowing this uh, this secret amongst secrets. This woman might might break. Yeah. How much can one person take? <laughs> well, it wasn't just me and my pervy wishful thinking, or did you see that she wanted Superman to come into her house. Like she said, would you like to come in? Like when a woman mm. asks a gentleman caller, if you will, gentleman call, <laughs> if he would like to come in, it means sex. Does it? It means, okay, maybe not sex at that moment, but it means it's the start of something. It could be, or it could be like, hey, I have this leaky faucet <laughs> and I need you to fix it. Well, then that's just a user okay. and you're the labo if you're allowing yourself to be used <laughs> that way. Friend zoned. Talk yeah. about being friend zoned. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It seemed to me like that's what she was trying to do. So that's why there's so many different feelings. Because what if that is what she was trying to do? What, it, yeah. Now there's guilt because that's Lois's husband. That's right. my best friend. There are so many awesome emotions from a writing standpoint. That's why I love when writers do stuff like this, because it could go in so many different directions and any of those directions would work. And they're not doing it in like a campy melodramatic Mm-mm. way. It, it, these are like real situations that we as people find ourselves falling into, whether intentionally or unintentionally, every single day. And it's, yeah. it's great when you get through it all and you can look back in hindsight and go, wow, I really made a shitty, stupid decision. But in the moment, she's in that moment right now. Yeah. I did laugh. And this is just TV. TV always does things like this. And I've always made jokes about it because if we were to live life like the people in TV shows do and do the things they do, it would be very awkward. For example, X-Files was known for close talking. Mm. You would have... Scully and Mulder literally talk about a case and they're probably like six inches apart. Yeah, they were close talkers. X-Files was known for doing close talking. Then you have a scene like this in Superman where Superman reveals his secret and then he just hovers over Lana for like <laughs> awkwardly for like 60 seconds. Right. Like that's, that, there's no reason for that. He's like 20 feet away and 40 feet in the sky. <laughs> like I understand you're selling the image. I, I I get that, and she's awe, and she's in awe, and she's like in shock. So the the framing and the blocking worked just fine. It but was beautiful. Still, it was beautiful. But still, in reality, he would probably float a couple feet off the ground and say, "Lana, I'm Superman." Yeah, but there's a threshold, right? Because if you if you float too close, then you might be giving off a vibe of romance that Clark isn't wanting oh. to give off, right? But because putting distance. Okay. He's, he's got to put some distance because, you know, again, she's coming off of a, of a relationship breaking up. She's been emotional because of everything going on. He starts floating too close to her. She might grab on and, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's good. Okay. I love it. I did like that because I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the little kid in us. I love when people reveal that they're a superhero. I I love it. It it makes me feel like I want to do that. Like I want to reveal that I'm a superhero so I can look cool. It's like, no, let me backtrack. The very first time I felt that way was the very first time I saw Tim Burton's Batman. Mm -hmm. When Michael Keaton's trying to tell Vicky Vale Mm -hmm. that he's Batman. 
He's like, I'm Batman. Batman. I'm like, dude, just say it. Just say it. Mm -hmm. That's why I love the way Iron Man ended. Because that, that's the ultimate ending for me. Yeah. Just come right out with it. Yeah. No secrets. But that, that's a different kind of... That, that is a man full of himself and ego. And so, you know... Justifiably so. Yeah. But most superheroes are not going to be so uh, extravagant with letting the cat out of the bag. Right. <laughs> it kind of goes against the whole superhero archetype at least in comic books now if you're looking at more of a reality based superhero then we would probably be in a would probably be more like the boys honestly if, which, which, if superheroes really existed it would probably be more like the boys um i would agree with that and and i think that's the brilliance of that show but also um you know we saw that in bizarro superman uh on that earth that's right, right. That, yeah, that's, that's right yeah that's how it, in in a more realistic fashion, like you said, if, if somebody popped up tomorrow, it would not go the way that we're all accustomed to it going, which speaks more to our society and what we find. Um, I don't even want to say value because I don't find value in most of those assholes on TV reality shows. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like we put certain people up on pedestals. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what would happen. Yeah, uh, definitely. And we know that what's that saying? Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah. Is that the saying? Yeah. That's ex that is probably one of the truest statements of all time. Yeah. Just look at our political arena. <laughs> like It's very, <laughs> very true. Okay. So keeping with the whole secret identity thing, and then we're going to move on. Um, I really appreciate overall how the producers of the series took Clark's secret identity and used it to bring out all these aspects, including digging deeper into Clark's own trust issues. You know, you, though you have a secret identity, which is understandable, is it sustainable if you plan to have a semblance of a normal existence? Essentially, he gave up his secret identity the moment he decided to have a family and live like a human being. Mm -hmm. There will be others that you're going to have to include realistically in your circle of trust. Otherwise, you won't have a normal life very long with people. Yeah, there's no way that Clark could have even had close to the life he had had he not at least told um, General Lane. Yep. Right. There's no way that that would have ever have worked. And, and we can see that with what they did with Lieutenant Anderson. Yeah. In fact... Poor Lieutenant Anderson, in a lot of ways, Superman is the one that sealed his fate mm -hmm. because of the lie. Everything goes back to that secret identity. If yep. Anderson would have known, because the moment he realized that Lois was married to Superman in this other universe, he immediately put it, put it together. So you weren't telling me things? Because you're trying to protect your family. When that light bulb went God, off in that, that, that moment, hurt, man. yeah, that when that light bulb went off in that in that moment in his mind, and you could see the puzzle pieces falling into place for him, um, yeah, it hurts because he made bad decisions based on a lack of information. Yeah, and he was in a position of authority, military authority where he was only trying to do the things that he felt were best for the country and the planet. And he got a little bit of that juju power that he probably did. messed with his brain. And sure. it, yeah. And it, and it warped him a little bit. 
Yeah. But yeah, that is, that is a, a gut punch. And then the flip side of it is if you were to go the opposite end and you, you went into the bizarro Superman side of things, um, where you live that life of the open secret that comes with a whole different list of problems. Yeah. Where your family could be targeted. Right. And, not, and if you're not Superman, that's a really bad thing. Cause you don't have all the powers to stop them from being targeted. Yeah. Slippery slope. It really is. But that's why this episode works and not just this episode, but now that you see all the moving parts, because we're getting close to the end, you realize that these writers seem to have always had this target mm -hmm. in sight. Even when you go back to season one, maybe they didn't have all the pieces worked out, but the more we watch this season, the more you realize that they had this idea on the back burner way back at the very beginning of season one with the idea of, of the secret identity and the lie and what it does to people. Because in a lot of ways, this episode was the, the accumulation of all of that. Mm -hmm. Everyone's seeing what these types of things do to people. Lieutenant Anderson died. I mean, John, they're continuing to play with those foreshadowing moments with Bizarro John and our John. Is he going to end up falling into the same footsteps as Bizarro John because of the poor relationship with his father at the present? Yeah. And his desire to not feel like second fiddle, right? He does. He doesn't have the powers. Yeah. I mean, John, obviously tired of the lies, probably also feels very insecure because yeah. he doesn't have those powers. Jordan's relationship is falling apart because of the same thing. Yeah. Perhaps it's, Time Clark does reevaluate who he chooses to trust. And that's exactly what we saw to some degree in this episode, at least when it comes to Lana. Well, and having gone to the other side, maybe it's time to evaluate which one of the sons he keeps. <laughs> He's going to just kill one? Yeah. Hey, you're dead. Well, <laughs> John plays a douche very well. He, he, I love him so much, though, because of how he is. Like, as douchey as he is in his jock kind of yeah. way... You're still like, man, he's a kid with heart. He's not an evil person. Even no. though he killed someone, A, he didn't enjoy it. You can tell he felt guilty about what he did. Doesn't make it right, but he's still a human. There's still something there, hmm. a piece of humanity, if you will. That's the sad part about it, is that we didn't just go to another universe and we met some person who's evil. In fact, you can say that about the entire Bizarro universe, except maybe... Uh, the main villain. I yeah. forgot her name. Um, no, she's a twat in both worlds. <laughs> I completely forgot her name. I did too. I feel like it starts with an L because everybody's name <laughs> in this universe starts with an L. Um, but everyone from Bizarro Universe is not a bad person. They all have their reasons. The Lana aspect, I'm still waiting to see how they flesh that out. The Bizarro Lana, why she chose. It seems like she became a victim of the cult. Mm -hmm. as opposed to having possibly some other motivation because John wasn't a victim of the cult. He just became jaded and disgruntled with his father like any teenager would at that time in their life. And when you're a teenager going through puberty and you have a, an argument with your parents and you have power, are you really just going to sit in your room? <laughs> no, I'm going to fly around and save people. Yeah. So it's going to be a sad story. I have a feeling for... This Jordan or Bizarro or Bizarro John, I should say. But that leads me to my next point. 
even though it feels like Bizarro Jonathan might have failed in his mission to merge the ramifications of his actions will resonate, no doubt, for a long time. Yeah. Because Jonathan saw our John, Prime Universe John, saw that, or I should say, saw what it's like to have power. Mm-hmm. Basically a a fractured reflection of what he could be. But he isn't. And he did he didn't even care almost that this other Jonathan was running around. It feels like he almost wanted to be merged. And I'm, uh, yeah. and I'm wondering if that is actually going to happen. Either John is going to say, fuck it. I want to merge. Or he's just going to do it. Either way, that idea I think is going to play a big part over the next couple episodes. Yeah. Even if he doesn't want to merge or doesn't, the idea th- is there, right? The, the seed's been planted yes. of, Unless I get powers, I will be second fiddle to Jordan now forever. And so there will always be this lust, this what if or what did I miss out on? Yeah. And we already know he's struggling with yeah. his his place and all this. He's struggling yeah. with his own self-worth. I mean, we already saw him earlier this season get in trouble with uh, X-Kryptonite. Something he did because of not feeling like he could contribute. Yeah. He's acting out. He's acting out in all these different ways. He, he, hell, where's his girl, his druggy girlfriend, <laughs> drug dealing girlfriend. I hope she dies. Oh, hell, she wow. merges and then dies. Oh, she merges with her corpse from bizarro <laughs> universe. Oh, look, I just merged with a dead person. That means I'm dead. Maybe. Goodbye. Yeah. So poor John Irons. Is his whole entire writing this season just designed to have him get knocked out? During various moments. I think so. I'm a little disappointed. Like I like the season, but I was really hoping they utilize this character. And we are only what? Three episodes away from the end. Two. There are two after this. What has John done all season? He hasn't really contributed to the show. And I find that a little disheartening because he was such a big part of the first season. Why keep this character around? Now I'm not saying that, because I want them to get rid of him, but I find it difficult for them, or I should say, I find it difficult to get behind their decisions when it comes to this character, because he's just simply not being utilized. Well, and, and let's say I'm just not a fan of the story that they're developing for him. Is there really even a story that's really pivotal to everything that's happening? Not for him right now, but going back a step to what you were just saying about Jonathan possibly merging. If that were to happen, but good Jonathan, prime Jonathan, wins out in the mental um, conflict that would go on inside of them and comes out the strong one, and however they could button that up, then you could have prime earth Jonathan, good Jonathan with powers, Jonathan, and then John Henry irons in his suit. And then Clark, we almost have all four puzzle pieces that we need. Or the, the reign of the Superman essentially. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Cause we still don't have cyborg Superman. It does seem like they're going in that direction. And we've been saying that since season one, but as they lay down the 
the groundwork, it seems like we're going closer and closer in that in that direction. Yeah, and maybe I would the, be okay with that. And I would be okay with it. I mean, we already had our pseudo doomsday moment, if you will. Yeah, but it would it would allow there be, to be a real reason to keep John Henry Irons around mm-hmm. if they're building if they have a multi-seasonal arc that they're really building to, and they've just kept throwing us curveballs to keep us on our toes. Yeah. Now I don't haven't lost faith by any means. I don't want anyone thinking that. Oh in, no. In fact, I mean the fact, the fact that I'm mentioning it right now probably means it, something will happen in the next episode because that's how it's been all season long with this show. The moment I voice a gripe, my gripe is negated with, with the actions of some writing aspect in the following episode. So the next episode. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, going back to season one, there was an episode titled broken trust. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the next episode that we're going to see is called the lies titled the lies that bind. Mm. Right. So again, this whole theme of what, what are the secrets that we tell? What are the consequences? And then the episode title for the very last episode of the season is All is Lost. Oh, is it? It is. So we have two pretty foreboding titles. Um, who knows what they'll mean until we get into them. But I think it's very interesting that what could that mean, All is Lost? Friendships? Does someone die? You know... What what kind of cliffhanger are they going to leave us on that could set the stage to put the fourth puzzle piece into place? You are right. With a title like that, I mean, how many different directions can you go? Not very many. Oh. So it seems like it's going to end on a downer, and that's not a negative. No. I mean, what if, what if the all is lost? What if the merge happens? Wow. On some extent, maybe not a global uh, scale, but I wouldn't mind for a DC show on the CW to continue that way. It's something that they don't do on this network for some reason where, because I like those shows that are serials. Absolutely. That, you know, one episode leads into the next into the next, and then they have some type of resolve by the end. Mm-hmm. You have to. But you also have those open strands that play parts in later seasons. Dude. Those are my favorite types of TV shows. 100%. I mean, we talk about it all the time. Look at The Shield. Look look at Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. We've been talking about that. Those are perfect examples of shows that have that wrap up the immediate, but they always leave all these different potential aspects that play big parts in later seasons. And I would love for them to do that with... Superman alone with a title like all is lost. I immediately go to BSG season one finale. Oh yeah. Like one of the best finales of, of all time. One of the best. And and then they followed up two seasons later with, with Kara coming back. Right. So it's like, those are the kinds of gut punches, whether they're good gut punches or bad gut punches. It, it, you obviously have to hope that the the studio or the network gets funding to continue the story or else you're left with a cliffhanger in, in perpetuity. <laughs> but 
those are the most powerful ones that have people talking around the water cooler that have people yearning and wanting more and hypothesizing and making YouTube videos and making blog posts and tweeting about it, it, yearning for more. So I'm hopeful with a title like that, that we might get something that, that is that impactful. I would love it. And this show at this point doesn't, I don't think they have anything to worry about. This show is still producing some strong ratings for the network. So far, it's survived. And that's something I had on our notes here to discuss this whole entire reshuffling. Yeah, this whole DC shakeup. It's it's getting a lot of people nervous because uh, moving into the fall of 20, the 2022-2023 TV season, mm-hmm. there for the first time is no DC shows on the schedule for the CW. Well, and that has a lot of people nervous, but we don't need to be nervous about Superman and Lois. The show always comes first of the year. It has already been renewed. And because the ratings are steady and because the show is overall written pretty damn well, and there's a high production value for the most part for CW show. This show isn't in the same category as say legends of tomorrow and flash, which are two shows that probably should have been canceled four years ago. Mm -hmm. What discovery warners is doing is they're doing more than shaking things up. They're attempting to clean the cobwebs, their entire intent, their entire purpose is to make Warner Brothers a fine oiled machine. Yeah. Like it should have been. They're doing exactly, Steve, what we as a group have been talking <laughs> about like six years. For as long as I have known you, I think. <laughs> yeah, at least six, seven years. Look, the new CEO is coming in like Barry Allen. He's <laughs> he's creating his own flashpoint at I this fucking network. love it, dude. <laughs> I fucking love what he's doing, man, because he doesn't give no fucks. I mean, he None. just he's like, listen. This is what we need. There are too many executives nowadays who are on social media and they care what people say about them. He's like, listen, I'm here to do one thing and that's to give you more content, better content. But in order to do that, I have to fucking clean this ship. Yeah. I got to prevent this boat from sinking. I need to empty out all this water, bring on a whole new crew of sailors and get this boat sailing. That's his goal. And everything he's done, I have for the, I don't ever agree with CEOs of TV studios because they usually make dumb decisions. This dude is literally making all the right decisions that we've been talking about for years. He just said he's fed up with JJ Abrams stalling. I know. I saw that. <laughs> I was like, holy we shit, gave dude. You, they gave him what? 200 plus million dollars. And in he's seed done funding. Dick with it. He's done nothing. And the ideas that he has, kind of announced has been shitted on across the board on social media. People are like, please JJ, what you did to star Trek in 2011 with into darkness and what you did with the star Wars franchise. We don't want with DC. Yeah, We have our own problems over here without you coming over and screwing it up worse. Please don't fucking three Pete, please. We don't need it. You know what though? If he does three P his career's done. I, I think that would be the last nail in the coffin. Can you imagine if he single-handedly destroys three fandoms? <laughs> <laughs> Never in the history of mankind has this happened. 
Oh my God. He either has quite the ego or he just has zero awareness. <laughs> no self-awareness <laughs> whatsoever. Because honestly, I was surprised when he agreed to take on the darker side of DC. Dude, you haven't been punished enough. I honestly had completely forgotten that that even was a thing that happened until I saw that article the other day about the CEO being pissed. <laughs> I was like, like, oh, wait, I forgot. Yeah. I mean, he sent Black Adam, The Rock, sent them back out to say, told him to reshoot shit. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, this guy is fucking, I mean, listen, he hasn't put out anything yet, but all of the things he's doing is actually it shows a strategy and a semblance of care, which is all we ever ask of these people that run studios. Just show that you have a little bit of smarts and you care yeah. because if you have those two things, you're not going to fail. And, and yeah. Care about the subject matter that you're producing and care about the audience in which you're producing it for. Yep. And if you do those two things, Everything else will just work its way out to the bank. Yeah. And the people that do <laughs> complain and may not like your thing. Okay. You may lose them, but if you're putting out quality content and you care, you're going to find an audience. You're yeah. going to find the right audience. Yeah. So, yeah. The only thing that we got to be careful of, and again, we've said this for several years, they, they needed that Feige like person over there helming mm -hmm. the entire the entire thing. I think and, they're going to do that. And that's what he said. He yep. literally has said, yep. we need our Kevin Feige. Yep. And that's great to hear. But what I don't want to see is them thinking that they're going to find this unicorn person like a Feige and expect to make the exact same dollars. And if they don't hit those exact same dollars, they get nervous because they can't do that. Right. They, they just have to, they have to keep the stip, the ship steady. Yeah. I, I, I agree. And I feel like he probably this, this, I forget his name. I, I have a feeling he understands it as well because he has already made a point to say that they need to focus on smaller budget and pull films and work our way to making bigger movies. Yeah. Build the foundation before you build the sky skyscraper. You wow. Know? Common sense. Yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> so bringing it back to the CW, this I will say now is the last chance for the CW. The only reason why this network hasn't been sold because there were rumors that Warner brothers was looking to unload the CW last year. And now with discovery coming in and their entire agenda is to lighten the load and get rid of dead weight. That's why they canceled so many shows across the board, because what they're attempting to do is give the CW one last chance. I guarantee you that's what they're doing. I, I don't know. They're, they're lining things up because they've been wanting to get rid of the CW for a while because honestly, they don't need it. They have already said yeah. that HBO Max is their home for original content. The CW isn't really needed at this point no. for DC content specifically. I think they're lightening the load for the eventuality because they don't own CW 100% outright. It's a co-partnership yeah. with, it's not CBS, it's... Um, NBC. Is it NBC? Yeah. Um, I could see them just offloading their portion. Hell, some of that IP that you've been producing on there, just as part of the, the say here, you just keep this IP. We don't even want it. 
and then take the stuff that you do want and take it all to HBO. Oh no, it's owned by Paramount. Paramount. That's, yeah, that's Paramount. It. And and okay, so that's the reason that makes more sense to my entire thought. Now I had forgotten that. So that's the reason why I feel like the CW's days are numbered because CBS has one of the most successful streaming services to date. They have always been a giant network, one of the largest networks in the world. They don't really need the CW anymore. No, they've got, they've got Paramount plus. And that's why if this becomes more of a problem, they're just going to get rid of it. They're just going to sell it because it's really not doing anyone any favors. And if they're bleeding money, why would you want to hold on to this when you have streaming services, multiple streaming services, the CW or the Paramount has, as far as I know, they have two, they have a free one called Pluto TV, which is basically cable, but for free with ads. And then they have their premium service, which is Paramount plus, which doesn't have a hell of a lot on it. Um, it's got a few things. What Paramount Plus? Yeah. No, nah, they got a lot. Dude. I mean, you're you're a big Star Trek guy, so oh, I mean, yeah, they've yeah. got that. But I mean, what do you if you if you're thinking about selling this as a as a partnership, who is going to buy this in a no world one. where everybody has? So like, split the IP in a way that makes sense. You go your way with your streaming service. I'll take my stuff to my sandbox and play in HBO Max, and then you just get rid of an entire network. That's probably what's going to happen. Or it may revert. Let's say whoever ends up buying it, they won't have the money to put original programming on it. So what it will be, it'll be what it was back in the 90s, this Uh, channel. This channel that you turn to and it's just static? (laughs) (laughs) Almost. The old syndicated route where you just have reruns of Seinfeld, reruns of okay. episodes of Star Trek. Well, you can't do the reruns of Seinfeld, can you? Because I thought, well, I guess yeah, in the streaming world, because Netflix has it right now. But It depends on the deals they make, okay. but yeah. So put on something like that, that we know we can't get very much of, like, like uh, I don't know, Looney Tunes, even though that's, again, Warner. Put on stuff that we don't get to see anymore. Probably what they're going to do. I, I do not believe the CW will be around more than two years. I would agree. I hope not. The landscape is changing so fast. It's all going in the direction of streaming. Mm-hmm. Streaming show, streaming platforms will also be closing down in a matter of years. Yes. The ones that we have will not be here in the next couple of years. And the ones that do survive, there will be a, sh- a shuffling. Yep. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully whatever happens, and there is a point to this entire diatribe, and it's about Superman and Lois. Whatever happens... Superman Lois will probably not be canceled. So if the CW does close, they will probably just move it over to HBO Max since they have already been syndicating most of the first, they had, I should say, already syndicated the first season anyways over there as it was running. Mm. So, I mean, dude, Warner Brothers just closed down TNT and TBS to all scripted content. They will no longer produce any scripted content for TNT and TBS. So those They're are not just, fucking playing around. No, so those are just channels that will just... Reruns. Uh, reruns and movies. Reality shows, probably or, some movies, sports. But, but movies that are in the back catalog. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? This does bring us to the end. We do have to share our final thoughts as well as our RMD score. Why don't you start us off, Steve? You know, we talked about it uh, offline, so to speak. And 
this was not as strong of an episode for me as the last one. I mean, the last one was just so damn good. You gave it a 99%. I, w- I did. Yeah. And, and after this one, you know, again, we had a couple of weeks here where we weren't able to record. And I had texted you um, uh, offline and said, you know, I'd, I'd give it like an 83, 84. I'm going to bump that up a couple of points to 85. Um, and, and as we were talking about it, the reason I, I'm bumping it up is really because of that final let's call it two minutes of Clark opening up and, and sharing that secret, not just because of the implications of going forward, but also the implications of looking back through the perspective of, of Lana, right? And, and what's going through her mind and the emotional gravity of that, that two minutes or maybe it was less than two minutes and just the overall, like you said, the, the framing of that shot as weird as it was for them to be distanced. It was a beautifully shot frame that again, looked like something right out of a, a two page spread. And I can appreciate when people do that. Um, but just because it, again, it's, they're sowing so many seeds to what could be possible in the next two episodes, if not the whole next season, so I have to bump it up a little bit because of that emotional gravity. Oh, and, and, but I can't get any higher than that. I do have to say this episode also really, really bothered me with his suit fit. We've talked about it before. It was pretty noticeable in this one. Yeah. They got to stop dude. That bothered me. They, as I said, during our last discussion, the producers got to force Tyler to work out. I'm sorry. If you're cast to play Superman, you have to exercise. You just have to. Because that suit is just not doing it. It's getting so bad now that people are making fun of it daily on Twitter. And no one made fun of the uniform last season. In fact, people, all I saw were the love fests last year. Oh, my God. This is the best Superman uniform. Look how great he looks. Blah, blah, blah. This season, what the fuck happened? Why is the costume look? Why does the costume look this way? And I feel like some of those people don't realize that he didn't want to work out. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you're, you're drinking like ten protein shakes a day and eating fifteen chickens. I mean, like, listen, I understand it's tough. I, I exercise every day, and it is not easy. It's very hard. But you're also an actor, and there's a lot of sitting around on set. Start doing some push-ups. Bench press Lois. <laughs> you know, do some curls with Lana's big old boobs. Do something, yeah. okay? Get some weights in the trailer, you know, some adjustable weights. Yeah, Arnold does it. He has an entire workout trailer that pulls up on set and he goes in there in between takes and he exercises. Hey, he's not no spring chicken anymore either, though, you know? Yeah. He's doing his best. Well, <laughs> Tyler should do it. Yeah, he is a spring chicken. Okay, my score is 87%. I felt like the episode was very strong. One of the stronger episodes of the season, probably definitely out of 11 episodes. I'd say it's probably my top four, top three episodes so far. I do like the epilogue feel. Continuing the thoughts or at least the thematic elements of the previous episode, and I'm hoping they stick with this for the last quarter of the season and really driving home this point of the secret identity and whether or not it's betrayal or if it's out of necessity, I really like how they're dissecting 
that superhero trope. Mm-hmm. All right. This brings us to the end. I want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Who are you, bitches? Mother of God. Would you look at the time when you came here? You had an hour. 